random tangents. Exploring the spaces where life and truth intersect. Okay, so welcome to the Random Random Tangents podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go first. I'm Michelle King. And I'm Josh Hawkins, and it is nice to be back with you here uh, in the Random Tangents rumpus room. Rumpus room? That's what I'm going to call this. I mean, it's it's just an office at the church. But for right now, for these next few moments, it's the Random Tangents rumpus room. I feel like and we need to pull. I feel the, like we need like soft jazz in the background and like. No, I think we need to do the welcome back Cotter theme. Welcome back. You um, know. Yeah, I, I never watched that show. You ever. never watched that show? No, I, oh, that gosh. is. It's one of those ones that like, you know, annoyed just, you. Well, no, no, no. It's just it's it's in this thin sliver of time, where, um, when I was a kid, it wasn't old enough to be on Nick at Night. Okay. It is later. It is now, I think. But it, but when I was a kid, it wasn't quite old enough for that. And it was too old for me to have seen it. Right. And so it's the 70s, right? Yeah. So yeah. I missed it. Yeah, because you are, you're 78? Yeah. Okay. You're not 78. You were born no, in 78. I'm 42. You're a child of 78. <laughs> because I was born in 1978. And I think that's right kind of when it was. So did you watch Sanford and Son? No. Okay. And that was in that same kind of time didn't frame. didn't watch All in the Family either. Or, um, you'd be ticked now at all in the family. No, I mean, I know how I know, but I, I know all some of those it. are so poly- even yeah. the Jeffersons, you know, and I love the oh, Jeffersons yeah, and it was like, no, I, I know. holy cow. Yeah. It would bug me. It really yeah. would. It really would bug me just like, well, you know, I've seen other, um, like on Mad Men. I think I've told you about this before, but you know, Mad Men is set in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a scene in it where the mom is pregnant and she's driving down the street and she's smoking a cigarette and her kids are jumping from the front seat to the back seat. Everything politically (laughs) incorrect that could possibly be other than they were purposely trying to trigger people like me. Yes. I know. Where's the car seats? Why are you smoking? smoking While she pregnant? Yes. They were doing that. So they should have had him driving her because, you know, women weren't as good of drivers as men. So you should have thrown that in there. Well, she was by herself, you know, so he couldn't do that. But, um, uh, well, and, and there's another scene later on where they all go out to a picnic in this beautiful park, you know, and they all have these like throwaway containers that they're eating their food out of. And at the end, she just stands up with, and all those containers are sitting on the blanket and she just shakes the blanket off and those containers all go flying and she folds the blanket up and just gets in the car. So drives away. Totally littering. Littering didn't matter at all. Oh to- my goodness. <laughs> It's so upsetting. They do that purposefully multiple times throughout in the show, it. where they're just like, "We're going to trigger we're everything." Push your buttons. Yes. Um. Yeah. There's a few. I forget. Oh, even we're watching. Um, I guess we're going to talk about TV shows and movies today, yeah, aren't we? I think yeah. That's the plan. I think that's yeah. the plan. We, we actually, actually have, have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx, show me coke. Oh. Um, I know. Uh, we're watching Magnum PI and Simon. You know, not Simon. the new Magnum P. No, no, no. The, the, the old, Tom Selleck, the Tom Selleck porn classic. <laughs> no, he didn't have a porn. He's the so, porn mustache. No, so that was dead. thin. The porn mustache is really me? thin. No, he did not. <laughs> Don't you dare speak bad of Tom Selleck. Tom, the perfect Tom, man, Selleck. Tom. Um, 
but we're watching that. And it's funny to me because Simon's like, are we going to watch another Magnum? And I'm like, are you really getting into this? Or are you just wanting to see the cars and the half-naked girls? <laughs> I'm not sure which one it Isn't is. Isn't that the only reason anyone ever got into it? Is Probably. Yeah. And he has a teenage 17-year-old boy. Selleck. Well, and I am watching it for that. No. <laughs> I actually am watching it more from a critical eye of being an actor and stuff and, and sure. recognizing. Right. I am, I promise. No, I, I'm, I was not being sarcastic. I promise. Your face looked sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> I know they can't see your where's face. The, where, is my, where are the sarcastic but I marks? Know, I, didn't, yeah, I, know. I didn't use them. <laughs> no, you didn't. But I know your face and you had a sarcastic look. <laughs> oh, sure. I was just being agreeable. Go uh-huh, ahead. Uh-huh. So anyway, you're watching it with an actor's eye. I am watching it with an actor's eye. But anyway, we're watching, what were we talking about with the, oh, even in the Magnum PI, because, you know, the girls are always, you know, the the hero to the rescue. And even in that, I find myself like, oh, please. Right. You know, just rolling my eyes and the well, stereotypes. You know, one and, of the things that we need to recognize is that things that become cliche were not cliche the first time. Right. Yep. They became cliche because they were so successful. Mm-hmm. And basically done to death. Right. Well, mm-hmm. someone else saw that and said, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And so they took that up too. And enough people did that that it then became cliche. Mm-hmm. But that was not where it started. It started with it just a good idea that someone had. So in the original, you know, it wasn't cliche at all. It was cool. Mm-hmm. But it became cliche because it had been done over and over and over and over and so many times I will watch or see something that was the original and think, ugh, how cliche. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, or oh, wait, no, it's not. Yeah. It's, uh, that's not. That's just, yeah, they, 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 they get to own this because they started it. Right. right. So, I guess, all right, here's another one that bugs me. Maybe we'll talk about the things that bug me, bug <laughs> us about it. That could be forever. Just so you know, I love all kinds of different movies. I can watch The Cheese. I can watch... The, the the stupid, I can, well, not stupid. There's some stuff. I, I, love I do have my Levis. I, my you favorite. love the stupid. I was so proud because I came home the other day and I my 19-year-old was watching Monty Python. <laughs> Very proud moment. I was like, I've raised you I've right. raised you right. I'm a good parent. <laughs> but I love all of it. Sure. And you're a snob. I am a bit of a snob. Not just a bit. Okay, I'm very much a snob. Yes, you're very much a snob. So you know, we come I from different perspectives I think the only reason why people think of me as a snob or call me a snob is because I have an opinion and I don't feel obliged to not have an opinion. Mm, I don't view it that way. I mean, I think you're, I, I, I like that you have an opinion. I have an opinion. I voice my opinion. Yeah. And there's things I like and things I don't like. And I think I people. I don't put that as a snob, as well, being I, a snob. I, that bugs people. Sure. It bugs people all the time. And I didn't realize this until I was like in my 20s that having if you an, have opinion an opinion was offensive. Yes. I didn't get that. Yeah. And so I would just blithely state my opinion. And and it wasn't until much later that I realized that I was taking people off because my opinion was different from theirs. And they were upset that I was allowed to have this opinion. <laughs> I mean, I don't even, I still don't really understand it, to be honest with you, because I'm totally fine with whatever opinion you might have about, about even, even about something I've done or something I'm involved in or whatever. And of course there's sometimes that becomes hurtful, but I mean, well, I think it's like, you know what, that's not my preference. You know, I just don't really like that. Right. You know, but I think and, sometimes like in the, in the world of movies, right. If we were to have difference of opinion, 
in the movies. So there's some things that right. you are very agreeable and say, that's just how I feel, sure. this, that, and the other. But when it comes to movies, yeah. you're like, um, no, but you're wrong. I'm only jokingly snobbish. I'm not really. Mm, okay, <laughs> let's let's bring up Heartland, shall we? Let's do it because I still get stuff from my best friend who goes, I hate, I hate your friend. I hate your pastor because I'm sitting here crying over this. And all I have that in my head is how he hates Heartland and how bad and cheesy and stupid it is. And so I have shared, we've had this discussion many times and it irritates you that your dad loves it so much. He loves it. total fanboy. He's obsessed. He's beyond a fan. To the point where my, he's, oh man, I think he's turned 68 this year. Ooh, I don't remember. What year is it? <laughs> he is. He anyway. is turning 68 because yeah. he's younger than my ex-husband. Okay. And I told him that. And he's like, I don't want to have that discussion with you. <laughs> and I'm like, I just wanted you to know just to make anyway. you feel weird. <laughs> and he was downloading, illegally downloading the Canadian <laughs> episodes. This was a few years ago, wasn't it? this show. Yeah. Because the American ones weren't going to be out for another six months. <laughs> yeah. And he and doesn't I, do any of that he ever. He's not a computer person at all. Like he or illegal. To, when I worked at the church where he was pastoring, he he would like bring me his phone and be like, fix this and just like throw it on my desk because he had no idea yeah. how to even use his phone. But here he is like bit torrenting. Yes. A, a serious fan. I was like, the, what are you doing? The yeah, dark web. Who are you? Of Heartland. Who are you? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. He's like, well, I've watched all the other seasons just just too many times and I just don't want to wait the six months Yeah, <laughs> and it's stupid that it's out in Canada and I don't get to see it. Yep. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I was blown away. But anyway, now, anyway, okay. My my problem with Heartland, I, I watched, I watched two episodes total. And that's show. completely unfair to have that opinion. You don't get to have that. Opinion. No, it isn't. Yes, I, it I, is. I, it's two episodes. So that's a enough. lot. No, it isn't. That a is lot enough. of shows start out poor, but get better. Ooh. Well, it wasn't just the first two episodes. It was later on. You you watched two episodes. Like in, midstream. Okay. It was like season three or four. Okay. I watched them because my mom was watching them. Okay. And I. And you thought they were bad. They were terrible. <laughs> that's your opinion. Yes. And you would and say in that. And you're See, that's <laughs> where you kind of go. Know, that I'm get annoyed, But I'm kidding. But you're not really. <laughs> I, you're do, not really do I really have this opinion yes I really have this opinion but you really think do other really people think are wrong if they have wrong? of course I do it's okay. my opinion that's where I, I, there's the rub own, they can own their opinion that's fine <laughs> they can own their they, wrong opinion is what you be, would say they don't get to be mad at me for thinking differently than they do no and so yes they I do get, get mad at you I because you are saying and, they're and wrong and you're well, right you know you're wrong so yeah um but but that is always a joke Always, always a joke. Now, it really is. <laughs> I hold my opinion, and I don't. In, I mean, it, it's now. Let me say, I don't think that that show is very well done. That's just me. I think the cinematography is beautiful. Yes. I think that the scenery of the of the ranch and all the other, you know, um, I think that's all great. I think probably the horse trainers or whatever are probably amazing. Um, yeah, my problem horse trainers for me, what what has to be there? Everything else can be completely terrible. What has to be there is story and acting. Mm-hmm. The writing and the acting have to be there, or I'm out. Right, and I don't feel like it's there. 
I feel like the acting is subpar. I feel like the story is microwaved stories from 20, 30 years ago that just don't have it. And that's where I'm at. Right. And so, (laughs) and the truth is if the acting was good, I could probably even overlook some of the story issues Mm -hmm. because I've definitely done that before. I'm still a huge fan of Downton Abbey and there's massive story issues all through, but the acting is so wonderful most of the time that I don't care. Right. I don't care because I love these characters. Right. And so that's what I need. And that's my problem. Right, and I understand that, and I get that. No, they're much better actors than me. I'm not saying I could do it better. I'm no, just they saying are better than you. They, do, they don't pull me in. No, they are. I have no doubt. I'm not an actor. But but they're but, not to the quality and the and the par that you right that you like and that adhere to. That I need to. to be endeared to. No, I get that. And I understand that. And I, I do think there is some pretty darn good actors, and then I think there are some that are definitely subpar. Right. Um. For me, what endears me to it, that particular show itself, is kind of the culmination of things. It's like, yeah, I can wince here and there at some of the acting and that kind of thing. But I don't have to always really think. I really love to think deeply. I really love to have something that is, um, I won't watch horror but, um, and that was a personal thing that God asked me to not do is to watch sure, horror movies right. because I really do get into everything. Mm-hmm. And I think it was more of a, it was a personal thing. If somebody watched, I used to watch it all the time. Um, but, um, I like thrillers, you know, I like the sappy, I like the serious, I like the period pieces. I like all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, for that particular show, it's one of those things that I don't have, that it's a feel good type thing and it gives me things to think about but I don't have to be real deep or if I just want to just kind of zone out and I can enjoy the horses and I can enjoy the scenery and you know sometimes I I do get annoyed with how they go in and out of things um, of their storylines but then there's other times they really address some cool stuff so for me it's kind of like a uh, It's just, it's just an easy show that doesn't have to require a lot of me. Right. Does that make sense? Sure. So that's why I like it. And there's certain aspects of it that I really am endeared to. I really, like you said, the cinematography. Yeah. Places are gorgeous. I love horses. You know, I'm totally into that. It definitely doesn't have like the. And I've actually learned stuff that's helped me with my horses. (laughs) The the soap opera cinematography where you're just like, everything looks so completely fake. It doesn't have that. That bugs the life out of me. I cannot. No, but it does have a soap opera-esque feel. Oh, sure. But I've, I. I would say Downton Abbey does too. I mean, it does. you know what I mean? Like, I, but we both grew up on soap operas and we watched them. But that by itself, I don't have a problem with. Right. Um, or even, okay, see, so here's where the snobbiness doesn't even make sense because there are totally times where I can overlook all of the flaws of a show mm-hmm. and just like it. Um, like Doctor Who is one of those, okay? Right. I, the first time I ever watched Doctor Who, I was when I was a youth pastor and we had a kid there Shout out to Wyatt Osborne. Love you, brother. Hi, um, Wyatt. 
and and why it was like you have to watch Doctor Who. It's been a, it's a TV show that's been on for fifty years, and I was like, I know, I watched it when I was a teenager, and you know the seventies British TV show stuff, and it was horrifyingly bad, and I hated it. And I'm like, I'm not gonna watch it. And he's like, No, 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 it's totally different now, and you have to watch it, and it's really good. And I was like, Fine, I will watch like two episodes. And it sucked you in. And the next week when I saw him again, he was like, well, I was like, (laughs) it is total cheeseball camp. It is (laughs) ridiculous. I was like, but I love it. Uh And it sucks that I love it because I don't want to love it. I want to hate it, but I love it. Okay, well, that's kind of how I feel about Heartland. And I don't get into Doctor Who. I so want to hate this show because it's terrible. (laughs) But, But I love it. I can't not love it. And, and, and he was just so tickled by the, the fact that, you know, I called it endearing camp because uh-huh. that's what it is. It's campy yeah. to the max, total cheese ball ridiculousness. I mean, in the first episode I watched, there were mannequins that came to life. Okay. Right. So it's, it's <gasps> weeping angels so is my dumb. favorite. The I weeping do. Angels I is love my favorite episode. But see, that is that like bordering is blink and it is very close to a horror movie. It is. It is. It is. I think that's Doctor Who at its best, though. Plus, the Doctor doesn't even come in until twenty minutes to the end. Right. That's the other thing I like about the show is that multiple times the main characters, yeah, they're just telling a story, and yeah. the main characters kind of, you know, come in at some point. But right. in that particular, but didn't that the kind of the coolness of Doctor Who is that's that what I'm saying. That's he what jumps I, into their world? Yeah. Uh, well, and this also the the that Doctor. David Tennant is a brilliant actor, mm-hmm. um, and the main the main person in that story has gone on to do. I'm trying to remember what her name is. I can't think, but she played in Weeping Angels. Female, yeah, she played the female lead in Gatsby. Yeah, and she's been up. in uh, several movies and other things. So she's got been come real famous since then, and she's brilliant in that one. Too, and I was totally invested from moment one because she was so great. Um, but and the Alex guy, Kingston, yeah, yeah. And then the guy that oh, wrote, she was in ER. Was she? Yeah, Alex. Oh no, 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 not her. Not her. No, 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 no. She's amazing on that yes. show too. She's amazing in anything she's in. Yeah, she played Doctor Corday on ER. No, that's not who I'm talking about. Karen Gillan. She's no. No. And this is, I'm talking about, it's just this one episode. This I know, that's why I'm in Weeping Angels cast. It's the cast. only episode she's in. But see, there were multiple Weeping Angels episodes. Oh, there were? Yes. That <gasps> was just, this is just the first one. Oh. The first Weeping Angels episode, the first time we meet the Weeping Angels, is called Blink. And, yeah. Okay, and, maybe I need to put Blink. And, Blink cast. Yeah. yeah. Well, or just look up the just look up Gatsby. Okay. Gat, how do you spell Gatsby, that one? G-A-T-S-B-Y. T-S. Like Gatsby cast, yeah. Elizabeth and Alex, my daughter and son-in-law, love Weeping or not Weeping Angels. They did like that, but Doctor Who, and yeah. to the point that her uh, bridal shower, she like right. she had sandwiches that was the the, oh, the Daleks or yes, that that was the only the face uh, of of who of the... remember it was like the skin that was spread oh. out. 
She literally had it all. She was very creative oh, with the it. Last I'm human. like, this is so gross. She's, she's the last human. It's the, like, yes. the, the second episode. So her, of, san- she, her of sandwiches the, were that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yes. Because it's just a, it's just a flat skin. Carrie face. Mulligan, Elizabeth. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I just, Isla Fisher. Does she have red hair or blonde hair? She has hair? blonde hair. Um, but I've seen her have brown hair and things too, but. Is that her? Yes. Are you blind? Her. Okay. Yes. That's her. Carrie Mulligan. And she's fantastic. She was yeah. so great in it. And it's awesome. I think we should do okay. one of our breaks okay. um, now. All right. Let's see. Um, I'm going to do absurd facts. Go. I'm going to do that you, while Go. you look up your stuff, too. I mean, I've got my stuff. You've ready. got your stuff? I okay. Um, <laughs> uh, you can figure out the color of a chicken egg by looking at the chicken's earlobes. <laughs> I didn't know chickens had ears, let alone lobes. I think they're very, very small on the sides there. I always did it from... I've never been that close to a chicken. I know that's not true of you. I don't want to be that close to a chicken. Okay. No. I mean, uh, except one that's being eaten. I've been very close to those. (laughs) (laughs) I have been one with the chicken. (laughs) And then it left me. (laughs) But I've not been, but I've never had chicken ears. I even had a chicken foot soup you in the did? Philippines years oh, ago. Oh, that's so gross. It was really disgusting, but that's... you know, you're in the Philippines and <sighs> these are starving people offering you food. You don't that's true. know. I, I get that. And so when I put my spoon in mm. and they told me the name of the soup was Adidas. What, what does that have to do with it? I, well, I just thought it was interesting. Okay. And then I, and so I'm eating the soup and it wasn't bad, but then, then I put my, my spoon down further in and mm. I pulled up a Chicken whole foot, foot. Mm-hmm. and I was just like, uh-huh. just, well, when we were I in Mexico, I just took the foot out and like put it on the side and I right. just ate the rest. When we were in Mexico, you know, we went to that one lady's little tiny oh, little itty bitty place. The Lord for that. That was, and my fish was looking at me. Oh yes. Brian yes, went to yes, China. Yes, yes. His lobster was still moving. They brought things it out. Was still alive? Yeah, it it was still moving the tentacles. Wow. And st- yeah, it was it was bad. That's he really told me bad. all this. He's a lot of them. They'll just they'll cook the whole thing whole like little piglets and just cut it up in pieces and lay it on your plate. Lovely. Birds, That's, pigeons, yeah, gross. pork. Okay, let's move on okay. from this. Then. You have another fact. I do. Bubble wrap was originally invented as wallpaper. I did not know that. I didn't know. That's so cool. I know. After you've popped all of your wallpaper. This list says, can you imagine how little you would get done if there was bubble wrap covering (laughs) your walls? I think it would be great to like dampen sound and things, I would think. 1957. Would be good for the the rumpus room in here. I would like that. wouldn't have any echoes. I'm good with that. Let's do it. (laughs) They invented bubble wrap while trying to create a textured wallpaper that would appeal to the beat generation in 1957. Absolutely. Yes. Humans are the only animals with chins. That's fascinating. Despite... think about monkeys and... Yeah. Many other animals have hair, heart, eyes, brains. We do not have a chin. Can't be right. Says the split with chimpanzees. There aren't really many traits that we can say are exclusively human. If you look across the family tree, split with the chimpanzees. Yeah, no. I would. I mean, how does it? I guess a chimp doesn't have a chin, but it kind of looks like it does. I know, but it's not like truly a jaw chin, apparently. Wow. 
Well, now we know for sure that Jay Leno was a human. What? <laughs> J Lo was Jay Leno. Oh, Jay Leno. Oh, J-Lo. I thought you said J Lo. No, if I was you had like... said humans are the only ones that had backsides, then we would say J Lo <laughs> was a human. Uh, <laughs> oh my oh, Jay Leno the like greatest chin of all time goodness sakes okay uh one more I have to have one more go for it let's see let's see let's see let's see oh no just yes. look on your face I don't want to hear this one you'll be okay with it okay. but it's gross it doesn't, doesn't have to involve do with spit, does it? no okay no no bodily fluids okay well a little bit <laughs> A museum displayed cheese what? made from the bacteria of celebrities. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, it gets better. Oh, wait. I don't. It I'm proudly so displayed right five types of cheese made from microbes collected from the armpits, ears, notes, noses. No, don't say it. And belly buttons. Okay, okay. I was worried about No, it wasn't that. Of British celebrities. British celebrities. Yes. Is this, how long ago was this? The, uh, Any no. idea? Best known for their hit in 1982, Our House. Our House. No. No. In the middle of the street. <laughs> Is that, Is that it? I don't know. How do I know? They chose to What's be immortalized the... in cheddar. <laughs> That's the best thing ever. And it's really gross because I'm very hungry, but I don't think I could eat belly button cheddar cheese. The purpose of the project was apparently to change how people think about microbes. Have you uh, have you tried any Robert Downey Jr. cheese? <laughs> no. We're just going to stick the, with cheese the, the Gal Gadot movies. cheese was fantastic. <laughs> Whether or not that goal was achieved, the exhibit surely had Is people looking at cheese. Is it Oh, I don't know. Probably Godot. I mean, it's D-O-T. G-A-D-O-T, I think. How is it pronounced? G-A-D-O-T. It's Wonder Woman. Godot. Godot. I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I don't know. You know that I had a long conversation with my son Aiden years ago on how to pronounce Joaquin Phoenix's name. (laughs) He was absolutely positive it should be pronounced Jaquan Jaquan? Jaquan Phoenix. He, he, he said, you know. Okay, Aaron, you, you done you, messed you, up. You know Jaquan Phoenix? And I went, Joaquin? And he said, no, it's Jaquan. He said, no, son. I could totally see it's him Joaquin. arguing with you and for a he long said, time. He was, so we like looked up a a thing where he was introduced like on the, I think it was, um, like, you know, one of the late night shows. Yeah. And, uh, and, and. And now Joaquin Phoenix. And he came out and he goes, and and my son was like, it's still Jaquan. <laughs> that was the end of our argument. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> that is so funny. Uh, so I did that with. Uh, I still call him Jaquan sometimes just because. Just to irritate just him. Just because it makes me laugh. Jaquan. Jaquan Phoenix. <laughs> so what is it? Uh, uh, the rice, the uh, quinoa. I called it yes. quinoa. Yes. For the longest time, and I thought that's how, I mean, that's right. how it looks, and there's the you, quinoa, have, and the people stare at me looking funny. commercials about people that yes. become their parents? Yes. Yes, you're, I'm, you. I'm one of those. That's you. So uh, if That's I one of my could... favorite, as well. <laughs> she's like, no mustn't, no custody, just yes, knocks it out of her knocks hands. knocks it out of her hands, that's great. I, that's a great commercial. Okay, back to movies and movies, TV shows. Movies and TV shows. So... 
Okay, so you claim that I'm just this horrible movie snob. I have not well, said that. Do not add words. I, I will I will say that the percentage of well, that's not even true. I love movies. That's the thing. <laughs> I love movies. I really do. I know you do. What I don't like is movies that I don't feel like were done very well. I you know, that's that's my problem. I don't like movies. Now I I will put in this caveat because movies that know and kind of lean into the fact mm-hmm. that they are not done very well. Mm-hmm. Like the Sharknado movies. Okay. Oh, Have you seen the Sharknado See, movies? See, and you love those and I hate those. They're so I dumb. Say, I don't love them. Oh, okay. But I appreciate that they are choosing to to They're making own bold the choices. Fact that they are a B movie and sure. just go for it. Now, I, think I get that's that. Great. Yes. I think that needs to happen. Well, more Monty Python is one of those. It knows right. and it's British humor exactly. and it accepts its goofiness well, like, and it goes the whole with thing. that. Mr. You know, they, Bean. They didn't have enough money for horses. So they just did the the, the, <laughs> the clap, coconuts, yes. right? Yes. And they made it a part of the thing. Like right. that just became a, a, a point of humor because they're like, we don't have money to, for horses for this movie. Um, that's what how are, Princess Bride what are, was. What are we going to do? I mean, there were horses in Princess Bride. But not I know, but much. I meant they had budget. Oh. They didn't have their budget constraints. Right. And so they leaned into their cheesiness, and it is just this huge cult classic. Right. It is, because yeah. it's wonderful. Right. Yeah, they're I not guess... relying on production value for to make the movie what it is. And, and they're just owning that. And I, I used to do that when we would make those movies for the youth, you know, and I would purposefully like show things that were just, you know, obviously really badly done. And mm-hmm. I would, and I would just make it like, we know, right? <laughs> like, I know how stupid this is, but that's the point. That's the whole purpose. And so I appreciate that when people are, are uh, understand that what we're not putting out you know this isn't oscar worthy right right (laughs) i think for me because i mean i can cry at commercials i can watch the cheesiest of cheesy movies that i could literally and i do literally there are many many times that i will watch a show or a movie and i will say what they're going to say before they say it oh sure you know, yeah. and I can, you know, figure it out and do all that, but I can still appreciate the, I don't want to say the humanness, that's not the right word necessarily, but the, the emotions and the different things that they bring in and can appreciate what they're attempting to try to say. And so that's probably where I'm coming from and that, you know, and I'm kind of split because there's times that I, I will critique and have a very strong opinion of whether I thought somebody was believable or not. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be the most amazing actor. You don't have to be the most amazing singer to pull me in no. and tell me a story. Sometimes it's the quote unquote better singer that I wouldn't choose. Right. So I feel that way about acting as well. You don't have to be the Oscar winning actor. You know, right. a lot of times they put people in movies because of their name, not because of their ability. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm not the the best actress, but there's things that I've watched and went, I, I think I could have done a better job with that. Right. But I'm not the name, or I don't look the part. Right. You know, I don't have the look or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but I, I can watch the shows and I can get emotionally involved. I think because I, I 
that's just who I am. And that's probably why I can't watch the horror movies is that I, I really do get sucked into these things. So there's a question to ask. You have something you're going to say? No. Oh, okay. You look like you did. No. Okay. Um, a question that I'm going to ask, and, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit about, uh, prior to recording and stuff, um, the faith-based sure. genre. Yeah. Um, Ugh. Why is it a genre? shouldn't be a genre. It's considered a, a genre. You know, you have your faith-based world. You have your family-friendly, you know, which I'm oftentimes... Totally for family-friendly. Yeah, but they oftentimes will coincide. Sure. Um, but there's an expectation versus, you know, versus the secular. And... <clears throat> you know, coming as someone who is a Jesus follower, how does that all play in? Because there's right. different people in different camps. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of faith-based films that are just catering to people who are faith-based. Okay, and if that's your intention and that's what you're doing, okay, fine, that's good. <coughs> if your giftings and if you are called as a follower of Jesus to reach out and make a point of impact to someone who isn't a follower, then we've got to change that. Right. And it also needs to, and when I say cheesy, I don't mean it in the sense of like the Monty Python cheesy. When I say it's in the cheesy is that you're, we're not addressing real life. Mm. We're not getting messy. Right. We're not, um, and I had this discussion with my acting coach yesterday. So we're, we're not addressing serious stuff that needs to be, if you need to understand the seriousness of this. Right. And just like Hallmark has its parameters of it has to have this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Um, horror movies have to have this, 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 and this. Right. Uh, the faith-based has to have this, 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 and this. And if you don't fit those parameters, like if I wanted to to do a movie and I wanted to address certain things, um, you know, George Johnson, who I've been in a couple of his movies, I'm friends with them, um, his Thy Neighbor movie, it didn't fit any of the faith-based. He was literally in a festival as a horror movie. I'm like, what? (laughs) They didn't know where to put him. They didn't know where to put the movie. Because it didn't fit any parameters. Right. And I understand that. Yeah. I guess I do. Even though I don't. I know. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I mean, I I understand that for the purpose of categorizing things because you have to put it somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. Where do you put it? Um, I don't think that putting something in a category automatically means it's going to... I don't know, do well or, you know, it, the, the, but they also put it in a box too. It's good. not just in a category. It's in the box too. Like it right. has well, that's to what have, I mean. yeah. I mean like it, just because you hit all these beats. Okay. Doesn't mean it's going to be done well. Mm-hmm. I have two issues with the, the, I, the, this whole thing around face based, anything faith based. What did I say? Face-based? Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a problem with face-based things, too. <laughs> if it's only about faces. Right. Um, so, 
I'm so distracted. Yeah, so bring but, your brain back. Let, You're let, distracted. Let me tell a pun, and then and then okay. we'll, and then we'll go back. Okay. Okay. Tell because, your pun because it's about time so for that. Punny. Um, uh, for for the pun, the next pun. Okay. I am hungry. And here's my here's here's my next pun. Okay. Mm-hmm. Time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. That's it. I think it's hilarious because it all depending on where you put the pause. Because if I say time flies like a banana or time flies like an arrow, but fruit flies like a banana. Oh. Uh, do you get it? See? Yes. Yes. That, I thought commas that are the, important. Commas are important. There's no commas in either of those. Time to eat, here. grandma. Yes. Time to eat, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was Beats a comma. I, it's 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 not That was pretty dumb. It's yeah, I know, but but I liked it anyway. It's I kind of like see this is I'm I'm apparently not a joke. You're not a joke uh, snob or a, a pun snob, snob. A pun snob at all. A pun um, snob. That's funny. It's own yeah, its own word. Uh, pun snob. Okay. Okay, so <clears throat> two things that I want to say in regards to tread carefully. Faith-based <laughs> things. Here's my two issues. Yeah. Is I only have two. The production value thing is a whole nother thing. I mean, that's um, that w- that would be why I wouldn't watch a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have the same scale based upon. I don't care if it's faith based or not faith based. Right, right. Okay, so if it's well made, I'll watch it. I don't care if it's faith based or not. That has mm-hmm. nothing to do with whether it's faith based. Here's my issue. Uh, one. Prioritizing message over story is a bad idea every single time. You're just not going to make a good film. Mm-hmm. It's not possible to make a good film when your film is about, you're trying to get a message out mm-hmm. rather than you're trying to tell this story. So if you're now, trying to get stories, a message out, it needs to be like a documentary sto- or exactly. a message. Yeah. Stories have... <laughs> messages messages built into them yes or you can weave them and stories are the best way to get people to internalize ideas and messages and 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 jesus told stories jesus told them all the time all the time but the problem is when it comes to making a film if you're so focused on the message that you miss the story Mm -hmm. you lose your audience Mm -hmm. and i've most of the faith faith based films that I have watched do that because they're so interested in the message they're trying to portray mm-hmm. that the message becomes more important than the story and the film just flounders for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm like, I'm not interested. <clears throat> not, not only am I not interested in your story, I'm not interested in your message. Mm-hmm. Because it's not ringing true to me because the story feels flat and false and broken. And I see that happen all the time. And the message the feels forced. Well, yes. The, yeah. It yes. feels preachy. It feels forced. It feels like it all it is. It is preachy coming this, from a pastor, folks. All it is. Well, fine. If you no, I know preach, it's good. If I'm you saying that's a good thing. Me, preach at me. Mm-hmm. But don't try and hide it right. inside a story not well told. You know right. what I mean? I, I just can't. That's a problem. If you guys I'd have rather, a, an opinion on that and or an additional thing you want to say about that, please. Email us, make a comment on our Facebook. I Absolutely. think it's a good story to, or a good conversation to have about this this kind of stuff because it is a huge medium that everybody 
participates in. Yeah. TV shows, movies. Well, here's the other thing. Okay. Okay. So that's number one. And that's my biggest issue. But my other issue is I have a problem with Christian counterculture. Okay. I, we are meant to be salt and light. Jesus said, don't put your light under a, a, a basket. Right. And I feel like Christian counterculture that, that explain when, when, that for okay. people who may not understand. So this is, this, this is media created specifically to serve a Christian audience only. Um, I, that really has, I, it just grinds my gears and I feel that way about Christian music. I feel that way about Christian movies. I feel that way about Christian uh, literature. Okay. Where we are now, I'm not talking about worship music, which has a very specific purpose. This is music we're going to sing in church mm-hmm. and if it hap- and we want it to be good, but that's what it's for. And that, I think that's different. Um, but like, so instead I, of saying Christian music, you would say family friendly music. Would that be well, a better, even the, even that, I mean, that's fine. I, I, I don't, if you're an artist, Mm-hmm. Just make your art. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. Okay. If you're an artist, make your art. Whatever that, whatever is coming out of you, is is fine, and it doesn't need to have Christian written on it or to have, you know. And if you're an artist that really loves Jesus, and so the songs that you write are about Jesus, great. Mm-hmm. But My don't you think the world has have, put them in the we box have package, like that? And the, then we have the just jumped world on board. May, the world may have started it, yeah. but now there are whole big, mm-hmm. gigantic industry that makes money by manipulating Christian audiences. What and, do you mean by that? Well, they make they make money by by using Christian celebrities, by using, um, you know, like spinning off of the the latest Christian book that is that is you know uh, important you know that's been important to people that that is and and it's it feels like a bold money grab to me but mm-hmm. it's within the church culture which is even more difficult for me so I want to see Christian artists artists who are Christians I'll say it that way because I don't I want to see artists who love Jesus making art that that is a true expression of who they are and what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. And if that means that a whole bunch of people inside the church are going to resonate with that and they pick that up. Awesome. Great. I don't have any problem with that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But when you're sitting down and you're thinking, who's my audience and you're like focus grouping to, well, we want to hit Christian people from this age to this age or whatever. Oh boy, that really bugs me, mm-hmm. you know. And it just feels false. It rings false to me. It doesn't feel like. I just don't like it. And it doesn't mean that the person is a false person. No, and, and it means they're. I mean, they very well may be true in their hearts. They're just trying to reach people. So when you say it rings false, what do you mean by that? I don't know how to describe it better than that. Is I, it? Is it that? It rings false in the sense of if we are as a as a disciple of Jesus are trying to be salt and light and we're trying to model what he does, 
he just went out and loved people yeah. and he hung with people regardless of whether they were following him or not. Mm-hmm. And really the only people he came down strongly on were the religious right. crazies. Yeah. Um, and that he just, he didn't cater. He catered to people. Yeah. He came to save well, okay. the lost. And and the other part about this, I'm sorry, did, did I interrupt you? Nope, you're okay. good. The other part about this is that we cul-de-sac ourselves as Ooh, Christ followers. Cul-de-sac ourselves. We do. We put ourselves in this little corral where instead of taking light out into the midst of darkness, we just, all the lights huddle together in one place, mm-hmm. celebrating our lights. Yay. Is it because and, of fear? And probably. Mm-hmm. And, and, well, and I think there is this kind of, I think there's this, well, and this would probably fit in the fear category, but there's this, well, this is around other Christians. I feel safe. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having some people that you feel comfortable with and have similar things. That's fine. Uh, But but you need to not stay there. That can't be the only world you live in. No, that's absolutely. And that's my issue that, that, uh, that we have created this kind of, whole other happy place where Christians just can go on just being with other people that love Jesus all the time and, and really not, we're not really affecting the world. Mm -hmm. We're not because non-Christians wouldn't listen to this. If they did, they wouldn't even understand what we were singing about anyway, Mm -hmm. or what this movie is about, or, you know, I, I, and I just think that so much of what we would call Christian media falls in that in that category Mm -hmm. of stuff that is (coughs) not relevant to the world in which we live and purposefully. So like we haven't, we're not really trying to, and I get in trouble. People get so mad at me when I talk about this because they think (laughs) I'm, I'm like thinking that I'm better than somebody or whatever. And I'm not, that's not, I hope this doesn't sound judgmental because it's not what I'm trying to just clarify what you're saying. I'm just, it really, I, I, I have a hard time um, existing in, in that world that, uh, that Christian subculture world. Okay. Any, a, a subculture is a group of people that are kind of split off from another culture and they, you know, and there's a million subcultures. Mm-hmm. There's comic book culture. There's, you know, there's a million subcultures. Our our world has, because of the internet, become the universe of subcultures. Mm-hmm. And no matter who you are, you can probably find somebody that thinks like you do out there somewhere. There's a website for you. There's a Facebook group for you. There's a whatever. Fine. Um, but I don't think Christianity should be a subculture. Mm-hmm. I think Christianity should be uh, people being transformed by the power of the gospel and living their lives in the real world. And that, that how can we be light when, when we're not in the midst of darkness? So bring in the scripture. I'm, I was trying to look it up and I wasn't coming up with the right thing. Um, bring in and put into proper context in the scripture that talked about um, not, you know, you're in the world, but you're not of the world and you aren't to, you know, uh, you're not to be around people who, you know, is talking about not being friends with. Cause a lot of, a lot of people will bring up the, um, you know what I'm saying? 
Um, they're bringing up, uh, well, you're not supposed to act like the world. You're not supposed to um, hang out with people who um, are of the world. Right. And all of all of that, whatever that all encompasses. I, I mean, I can only think of maybe one scripture where in and it's in I think it's in first Corinthians maybe second Corinthians but I, I think it has to do with the Corinthian church where there was a man in the church who was I believe sleeping with his father's wife wasn't his mom um, well, that's good to know uh, but it was his father's wife and uh, and his father was still married to him mm-hmm. and this person was just wanting to continue on as a member of church culture uh, as if there was nothing wrong with what he was doing. Mm-hmm. There was no repentance. There was no um, remorse. No remorse, nothing. Um, and the Apostle Paul says, you don't even eat with that man. Is that what with, First Corinthians 5.11? Yeah, that's probably what I'm talking uh, about. Don't keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous. Exactly. Or an idolater or yeah. a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner. Don't right. even eat with that person. Yeah. the apostle. So the Apostle Paul is talking about a specific situation where there's a person in the midst of the body who is living <clears> in <throat> open sin and not, and has, doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And wants people to just say they're good, you know, that he's good. But many people take this scripture and then apply it to everything. Well, you can't apply it to people that aren't Christians because it has to be a person who is a brother or is a Christian or claims to be a follower of Christ that's not living out. Because that's the problem. The problem isn't this person's sin. The problem is that this person claims to be a follower of Jesus, but is living in a way that is completely uh, immoral. Well, and it isn't even necessarily his immorality that's the issue in this situation. Because what is happening is he is causing division in the church based around his immorality. Because there's some people that are saying he's fine to do this. And there's other people saying he's not. And it's bringing contention into the midst of the church. So it isn't even necessarily his sin that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, But but the division that it's causing inside their body, which is what the whole of 1 Corinthians is all about, is about there's all these factions. There's all this fighting. And Paul is trying to root out the stuff that's causing that. Regardless. So here's what's going. So in that kind of a situation, yeah, we're called to avoid spending time with those people. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus regular, Jesus was constantly spending time with sinners and sinners felt very comfortable around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the biggest problem that the Pharisees had with him was that, what do you know that this woman who is worshiping mm-hmm. at your feet mm-hmm. is uh, that she's a prostitute mm-hmm. and she is something. And, and, and Jesus is like, well, you know, the one who's been forgiven much loves much. Mm-hmm. And so you don't understand her story, but I do. And, and when he was at the party at Matthew's house, you know, Levi's house, um, one of the disciples, when he first called him out of the tax collector's booth, and then he went to the party at, at Matthew's house. Yeah. And then the, the, Religious leaders were like talking to Jesus' disciples. What is he doing? Right. Why is he hanging out with that guy? Why is he in this place? What What is going on? 
And Jesus looks right at them, interrupts their conversation with his disciples. I love that. And says, it's not the healthy, and you can hear the quotes there, mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that need a doctor, mm-hmm. but the sick. And Jesus is like, <clears throat> I, I Which am, that person that was a brother who was causing dissension is still sick too. Absolutely. He still needs love. Anyway, anyway sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but... Uh, the the issue is it was stirring up crazy division inside the body inside the body of Christ. But right. so Christians should be interacting the, with the world. One of the issues that like that I was praying about this today, literally, was Lord, I don't have enough unsaved friends. So help me figure out where you want me to go, so that I can be Self talking to and yeah, I yeah. I I don't want to be just surrounded by Christian people all the time. Right. I love Christian people and I of course want to be in fellowship with them, but that's not, but I'm not, not I'm not being salt or light (laughs) when when I'm not, you know, in a relation, in relationships with people that don't, that don't follow Jesus. And so I'm asking the Lord to open a door for me to go and be a, you know, somewhere doing something with, with non-Christians. So this is my opinion, but this is how I view this in the world of film, TV, um, if that is the the theater, um, different creative, the creatives that are in the world who, um, everyone's creative, so we need to get that. But there are some specific gifts that we label as creatives, right. you know, whether it's, you know, painting, yeah. singing, filming, you know, theater, whatever, telling stories. Right. <clears throat> and my my creative bent is telling stories. Um, you're going to lose your, lose all of your stuff here. Okay. Um, so in my opinion, we, I I feel like we, we do the subculture stuff and we, we do this because we are afraid that we don't have the strength, the, um, I don't know what, I'm just going to use the word strength, that we don't have the strength to not get sucked into that person who is not a Christian's world or lifestyle or, you know, that's at least what I was, when I was growing up, that was always the thing. If you hang around, if you hang around people who are drinking and smoking, you're going to start drinking and smoking. Well, and I would say... I think there's a little bit of a difference with kids. Right. I'm, no, I'm are... saying even adults. They were saying to the ah, adults. Right, right, right. You know, you, you know, it would be absolutely ridiculous for you to walk into a bar and sit down, order a water, not drink. I mean, I mean, you could have a drink if that's, you know, I wouldn't have trouble if somebody had a beer. Right. That wouldn't bother me. Um, then somebody else would say, well, then you're ruining your witness because you're drinking a beer in a bar. Sure. And, um, but then there's a group of women who every single week go to the strip clubs in Fort Wayne mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. So someone from the outside, we don't, we don't judge that because we know what they're doing, but someone on the outside saw these women going into a strip bar every, or a strip club every week. How's that not ruining your witness? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So these women go go in there and they love on the strippers yeah. and they love on the people that are working there. They don't preach at them. They don't proselytize at all. Right. At all. No, they just they show They bring up. them food. 
and they just love on him yeah. in practical ways. Right. They are being Jesus, in my opinion, right. way more than other no, people. I agree. That's exactly and the that's kind a of tough thing place. Jesus did. But they're not worried about, well, I think I might want to take up stripping. Right. You know, so for me to be able to go into a bar and sit down and have, you know, have a water if I don't feel like I should, or if, if, if I don't have a conviction of saying, I don't mind having a beer, I'm not getting drunk, I don't like beer. But I'm just saying, using that as an example, right. to sit down and have a conversation and being salt and light to somebody who's sitting there, um, you know, in the words of the best Billy Joel movie or song ever, you know, the piano man, you know, people go to where they feel comfort and they right. get of course. solace and you know yeah. the bartender is somebody they talk to because they're so lonely or whatever i know i'm getting i'm digressing but if we are going to use our creative abilities we have to get in the world and be willing to get messy with them but not Become them? That's not the right word. No, that But is. become the, the things that they're stuck with or we're, that they're stuck gonna, in. We're not going to take up the uh, things that are that have them held captive. Right. And we're not going to um, change our minds about Jesus. Right. Now, one of the reasons I want to spend more time with people that don't know Jesus is because I do want them to change my mind, but not about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I want them to change my mind about a lot of other things, things that I don't currently understand because, you know, I'm so ensconced in the Christian world mm-hmm. that I don't know what it means to be a person that's walking through what they're walking through. Mm-hmm. And so I do want them to change my mind about that stuff. Um, but they're not going to change my mind about Jesus. Right. And that that's that's what I'm saying when it comes to when when we're creating art and calling it christian art i feel like we are not doing that right sorry folks josh's computer is going crazy my son is calling me oh i'm not sure why oh well you should probably find out but you can I, text him oh dear he's uh. still calling me should we pause it? You want to take a quick pause? Well, I can just cut all this out. Okay. Well, just keep it rolling for a second, and we'll just stop while you answer him. And then I want you to pick back up with, if we're going to create art, start it from that point. Which son is calling you? Ian? Ian. Can I have some Snapple? Really? He doesn't know what I'm doing right now. I know. But does he have to ask for Schnapple? Yes, it's oh. mine. Oh, okay. Okay. That he makes knows sense. it's mine. Okay. And and so he's he's right to ask. Good. <laughs> it's good that he's asking then. No, it is. Okay, so go back to so, the problem you have. Should Christians create art? Yes. Absolutely. The Christian Christians should create art. We absolutely should. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us, the most creative individual in the history of the planet, right? We we should be creating art. Should our art speak about Jesus? Well, I would think if your life is saturated with Christ, that your art would talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. But should we be form should be be creating art 
that is only for a Christian audience or that is like that is hemmed in by a genre. I Mm -hmm. just hate the fact that how can Christian be a genre of music? Mm -hmm. Genre has to do with the kind of rhythms, the kind of instruments that are used, the style, the, yeah, you know, issues of style. And that's, that's what a genre is. If Christian music is a genre, we are not doing no, that is just gross to me. Mm-hmm. And, and plus when we put the word Christian on anything, we're almost ensuring that a non-Christian is never going to watch it. Or listen to it, right? Or unless they're you know forced to by some Christian friend, <laughs> because we are telling them this isn't for you. Mm-hmm. And so those are my issues with that whole idea. It isn't that I don't want Christian people making art that talks about Jesus, whether that be music or film or whatever. Of course I do. Of course I do. But number one, we have to be careful about message overtaking story. Mm-hmm. And number two, the can't this, can we just make art? Right. And if we're Jesus people, it'll be Jesus-y art? Jesus-y. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be infused within that because if we are a person who right. it loves Jesus and who, who has okay. the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, then it will be infused in that. The message yeah. will be infused in that. Best example ever is the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Okay. J.R.R. Tolkien, committed Christian man, Actually, one of the people that brought C.S. Lewis to faith. Okay. The Lord of the Rings trilogy has beautiful Christian themes and ideas woven all through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet the whole world loves this story. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's a story told well. Mm-hmm. But it's a story that speaks of Christ in profound and powerful ways. Mm-hmm. And it has created a culture in which I can come in and I can talk about Aragorn the returning king who is winning back the kingdom that has been stolen from him by evil. Mm -hmm. And I can come back and talk about Gandalf, the beautiful, incredible person who has been sent from the, from another world and who walked through death and hell in order to save, you know, to save the world. Or I can talk about Frodo, the suffering servant who carried the burden of the world and destroyed it in the fires of, uh, of death and, of death and hell and rescued everyone from the power of, mm-hmm. of power misused. Okay. Those are all beautiful things. Mm-hmm. Those are all parts of that story. See, uh, I can find that in lots of different things. I can find course. that in star Wars. Absolutely. Although star Wars is harder for me. I was on, on, you know, May the 4th, you know, is the, yeah. is the star yeah, Wars day. My daughter, May, the, May 4th. the 4th be with you. Um, uh, I was thinking about it and I, I was like, where are the, where are the, redemptive pieces, the gospel pieces of that story. And well, it's I don't a little think more difficult. It's not as complex. Is not a Christian. No, but it's not, it's not as complex as, as uh, Lord of the Rings and intricate and woven in there right, like right. that. Yeah. But the simple of, you know, good and evil. And sometimes it feels like evil is going to win and good stands up against that. I mean, people will reject and say, they don't believe in God. They don't believe in in something that is is good, who can be fallible, right. uh, versus uh, something that is evil and wants to destroy. They may not do that, but they still write 
stories and songs and movies and they do all the kinds of stuff that literally are that. So yeah, Star Wars is not like some beautifully interwoven and intricate thing, but the general idea. I also don't think that the narrative is a Christ-shaped narrative. Maybe it's not, not about self-sacrifice. It's not about. Uh, it's not about um, uh, subverting the the power of evil. To it's just it doesn't have doesn't have that same ring um, that like Lord of the Rings or even Harry Potter both have that as kind of their central theme. This uh, the the power of sacrificial love to defeat the power of evil and then mm-hmm. those are those are both um uh, primary themes in those two stories which are primary themes in scripture okay well we kind of need to wrap it up already we do i mean it's been an hour really it has no believe way believe it or not it really has okay so real quick question for you and then mm-hmm. you also need to give your 20 dollars word of the day okay so um be thinking about that i um, already got it i'm good oh wow go ahead Look at you on top of things today. <laughs> um, what kind of stories would you like to see more of that may be coming from those who want to offer, from Christians who want mm-hmm. to offer um, in the proper way? They want to offer a story that has a good message woven in it right i'll tell you what is missing i think um it's not what i asked you well no no i'll tell you what 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 i'm missing from the christian community i mean that love you guys right. no what i what, what i would love to see and i actually wrote a story like this but a few years ago um but is i would like to see a christian community with hurting broken people in it um just walking through life where the pastor's not molesting kids or some kind of, you know, he's just a good guy, you know, but maybe he's having some difficulty or some, you know, this is a story you're saying people. Well, that's what I'm saying. I would like to see stories. I'd like for Christians to write what they know. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see stories of broken people trying to live a Christian life. Did you see the movie? I think actually Scorsese made it uh, into into silence. It's about the so. first missionaries that went to Japan. No, I don't think I saw that. Oh my gosh, what a powerful movie! What's it what called? A powerful movie. I think it's called Silence or Into Silence. It has the same guy that has the guy speaking of Star Wars that played Kylo Ren mm-hmm. has him in it. Into Silence? Or just Silence. I don't remember. I can't think Into of Into Silence movie. It was 2005? Maybe. It's a documentary. No, that's not it. Okay. Go ahead. Um, we have dead air. Yeah. Uh, um, Portuguese missionaries, 17th no, century? Yeah, Silence. It's what it's called. Silence. Okay. Um, it's really... Is kind of intense to watch. Oh yeah, because, Adam Driver's in it. Yeah, yeah, it, okay. because they're, oh, per, they're persecuted for their faith. I love Liam. Um, but it's a beautiful story of these men who are giving everything to, to spread the gospel into the, and it's made by a non-Christian. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but several of the folks who were in it, I think Adam Driver, I remember hearing him talk about reading the reading the journals of this guy that he was portraying and just being blown away by his love for Jesus and, and like that really speaking to his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to see, cause the story of the church is the, the story of church people is the story of the United States of America. And I would love for some stories that weren't cutesy, that weren't like everything wrapped up at the end and everybody's happy and smiley. Mm-hmm. I would love to see some stories born out of church life that don't demonize the church or ministers or whatever. Don't make it all good or don't, make, don't it make it all, all bad. Yeah. Um, you know, and just, it's just a person who has real faith walking through a time of doubt and difficulty and trouble. I would love to see that story. And okay. I rarely do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. And I did, I wrote a novella called uh, Casimir Pulaski Day. I don't think you've ever read it. No, and I'd like to. I wrote it a long time ago. Maybe we can make it into a film. It's based on the, well, it's based on a song by an artist who is a Christian named Sufjan Stevens. And, um, and it's about a pastor whose daughter, um, gets uh, a pastor who's lost his wife and he has a daughter and a son and the daughter gets cancer. And the main character is this young man who. This is what you wrote. Falls in. Yeah. The main character. The story comes from the song, but I had to fill in a ton of, you know, stuff into the song, flesh it out. To create the characters. Yeah. 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 And the story is, is told by this young man who falls in love with the pastor's daughter in the midst of this whole thing. Okay. But it's all about being angry at God and kind of moving beyond that and walking through a time of difficulty, et cetera. I love it. Anyway. um, I'm seriously, let's, let's, let's write it out further. I'd like to do that sometime. We'll talk about it. Anyway, go ahead. Um, I'll, I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, but because I wanted to write some fiction just because I wanted to do it and I felt like, and you know, they say, do what you know. Yep. Write what you know. And I wish the church would do more of that. Yeah. I really do. I think part of the problem is we don't. We're not real about what we're walking through. Right. And it has to be yes. cutesy. And that's and what I said before. Figured out. And, you know, right. And, and it's like, as I was talking to my acting coach yesterday, and it's like some people, going back to our curses episode, mm-hmm. um, some people, it's like, if you say anything at all that's bad, that's terrible, and there's literally no reason to use it. Maybe perhaps if it was in a war movie and, you know, just use a little bit here and there or something like that. But um, the idea of real life would be you might get mad and yell at your kids. Mm-hmm. You might get mad and cuss at your spouse. Yeah. You you might be in such despair. I mean, you would never do that. Nope, but. not me. Um, you'd be in such despair of things when things are going through really, really rough times. And so, so for example, she's saying you can create romance and you can create, um, a, an, a, an understanding of someone's going to be having intimacy without showing it. There's nothing left to the imagination. Right. So you don't need to have that. Yeah. But in order to be real, you have to have real emotion. You have mm-hmm. to have real feelings. You have to have real understanding right. of what that is. And people need to be three-dimensional. Exactly. 
Yep, I'm totally with you on that. So you want to see, well, and I think that goes, um, that goes in line with how, you know, her and I were talking about that yesterday. And if we, um, hold on a minute, I am being texted too, just a second. Um, if we are being salt and light, we have to be willing to be vulnerable. We have to be willing to be real. We have to be willing to get messy. We have to be willing to go and sit. And that's what that's what loving people is. And if we're going to tell the stories that are going to make someone think differently. Um, I wrote a song and I did not make it. It could be either a love song or it could be um, something that someone would consider, okay, that's God's love. But I purposely wrote it that way. I felt like God told me to purposely write it that way. Um, you know, the chorus is, you're not alone. It's safe to come outside. True love here is gentle. True love here is kind. True love walks with you to freedom like only true love can. Takes the broken pieces and holds it in its hand. So you can, you could think that that was something that could be Christian, sure. but yeah. you could also think that if someone is your true love, that that, that is, you would be safe in, in that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And that's going to get people thinking. And then they may be like, oh, hey, I like whoever sings that or whoever wrote that or whatever it, movie and whatever or, or acted in it. And then you have created a point of contact mm-hmm. with them. Then that gives you a platform, a a moment to then speak into their world and say, well, I wrote that because first of all, that's where I was. Um, but I wrote that as it, you know, really the only true love that there is ever in the entire universe is God. And so then you have that moment to open up and speak to them. Right. And I feel like that that is so missing very often absolutely you know people identify with struggle they do because it's a struggling world and they and and christians hide and everything's good and everything's fine why do you think everybody wants to watch hoarders i know right (laughs) good point you know they want to see well that house is dirtier than mine so i am good Right? Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. Is, I always felt that way about Nanny Nine One One too. Like those shows, it's like, well, my kid's not that bad, so thank God. Right, there, there is right. Hope. There is hope. There is, yes, and absolutely. I think Christians looking like real people is exactly what the world needs. Yep. Because we are. Right. We are. Let's tear down the hypocrisy and the "I'm better than you" bullcrap, and let's just be human beings. That, you know what, Jesus did beautiful things for me, but man, he's still working. (laughs) And again, I think that that's based in fear because I think most people are not coming from the I'm better than you. It may come across that way, but it's coming from a place of fear that they can't let people see their real scars, their real real hurts. And truthfully, a lot of people are pretty horrible. I mean, if if you were to, as a pastor, if you were to be real... And share something that you struggled with, that you shared, and you don't, but I'm saying if you shared that you had to struggle with pornography, you would be annihilated. Well, I'd get fired. Yeah. Yeah. You would be annihilated. Yeah. I try and be as real as 
I mean, I try and be completely real. I know. I'm just saying is that you as a pastor that but people but yeah. this world is 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 all about annihilation. So it's understandable that we're fearful to be real. Right. Yeah. But that's what the that's what the world needs. The I world know. needs true story, you know, the the most powerful gospel message we could ever preach is the stuff that Jesus is doing in me right now. Yeah. Um cuz we're going to see people that are touched by that yep all right we need to be done okay okay my 20 dollar word of the day today yes is the longest word in the english language that does not have a vowel you did give a really long word the other day i yeah well you know the, I, I, I do a, a lot of ago. long words you okay know. but but this one is uh, the longest word in the english language that does not have a vowel is it's, it german but <laughs> it's welsh okay it's kutch that's the word. It means hug. What? It's spelled C-W-T-C-H. That's not a long word. I didn't say it was a long word. It oh. says the longest word that doesn't have a, a vowel. <laughs> <laughs> You're throwing me off track. I just here. thought that was cool. Kutch? Yeah. C-W-T-C-H. Kutch. means hug or embrace. Aw. Let me give you a kutch. And uh, and uh, that's... that's Okay. Yeah. Uh, Longest word in the English language without a vowel. Wow. Isn't that exciting? I'm so excited. I'm about ready to fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. So, listeners, if you have comments about what we've talked about, if you uh, have insight, if you have wisdom, if you have something stupid to say, if you have topic conversations, if you just want us to pray for you, email us at randomtangentspodcast at gmail.com you can leave you can subscribe or not subscribe but um, go on the Facebook page and like it and you can leave a comment there and uh, we hope you were slightly entertained laughed a little bit (laughs) made you think and then sent you on a random tangent so I think that's it right have a great have a great day guys later